Welcome back to another episode of Never Watch Alone, where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. I'm your host, Tim Lifefight, and joining me, as always, is Sean. How, how you doing, Sean, man? Oh, I'm doing quite well. I'm looking forward oh, to dude. this one. Yeah, man. We are in the final, final bit of our fucked up February, and we're saving... We, have, we thought we'd save the... the well, we're not. I don't think we're saving the best for last per se, but we're still keeping it mighty weird for for this one. And I, I guarantee you, and we'll explain at the end of the podcast. This is all going to tie into our next month's theme. Um, but that said, uh, death to Smoochie. And if y'all want to just like get straight to the podcast or the the commentary, as always, there's a a sync button below to let you know when the actual commentary begins, and you don't have to hear all of our you know perceptive bullshit <laughs> so yeah man death to smoochie this is a oh this is a fucked up weird one <laughs> and uh to, how, how how did you hear about this movie sean I'm, I'm really curious uh well it was actually really strange because i do remember you know seeing trailers and stuff for it but then it came and went so fast i didn't have a chance to see it in theaters uh, yeah. And so I ended up seeing it a year or two later on a friend's recommendation, and I just could not believe uh, that it didn't do better. And I, it, it definitely deserves the cult following that it now has. Uh, and, um, you know, uh, I've been familiar with uh, DeVito's work as a director for a long time. Uh, when I was young, I saw Throw Mama from the Train. And yes. I, I have fond memories of that movie and just you know it, it very much set in my mind his kind of uh style and comedic sensibilities like as a director um and i think this is the, the the truest you know comedy film he's done since then and then he has titans of you know acting in there like edward norton and robin yep. williams and it's just a recipe for for delightful entertainment yeah man uh because uh, well, it's it's funny that you say that it, you you know you heard about it and then it came and went. That's probably because a lot of people really fucking hated this movie when it came out. It's kind of crazy. I think you know I think the reason why they didn't like it so much when it first came out is because this was you know early it, it, like you know early two thousand two. This came out in March twenty ninth two thousand and two, and. I don't think a lot of people were really interested in seeing a mean-spirited dark comedy right after 9/11. Yeah, I mean that's that's definitely a possibility. Nine, that I, I, I having it, lived through it, I can't even express to you properly the amount of things 9/11 massively messed up. Yeah. I mean one of yeah. I mean one of the what I consider one of the best comedies of that era um has gone has gone and remained completely under the radar because it involved a terrorist attack and then 9/11 happened and so they couldn't yeah. release it but they'd already spent the entire advertising budget and so it went nowhere like it got released yep. like 6 months later and with no advertising and it just completely bombed and to this day, I'm just like, no, seriously, watch, like, go watch Big Trouble, like, with Tim Allen. Yeah, it, yeah. It's hilarious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you know what? I suspect this, because honestly, like, you can see that, you know, it's one of the, it, this is clearly a movie where 
there really is no in between because it's such a strong character movie or character of a movie not just like a character driven but a character of a movie uh in in its eccentricity that you really have no choice to be like well you know you, you can't really say well i was okay you either love this movie or you fucking hate it. Right. <laughs> so, um, I can imagine because did you ever read uh, Roger Ebert's review of it? I have not. He hated this movie. He hated it. He actually named uh, this movie the worst movie of the year for two thousand and two. Wow. I know he uh, he was. Uh, uh, I think uh, uh, I'm, I'm going to read an excerpt from it. He's he's like, uh, uh, to make a film this awful, you have to have enormous ambition and confidence and dream big dreams. And uh, and, it, and only those with lesser talent would have the lack of nerve to make a film so bad and so miscalculated, uh, so lacking any connection with any possible audience so he he really hated the movie uh and a lot of the other critics yeah they were not a fan and you you know this did you know that uh um robin williams actually received a razzie award for worst supporting actor wow i was for this yeah for this movie but guess what do you know who actually won the razzie for that year Hmm. hayden christensen for (laughs) attack of the clones (laughs) Well deserved. Uh, you know, well, I don't like. I don't really don't like shitting on Hayden Christensen. I think he's terrific when he doesn't have to say any lines. But unfortunately, Attack of the Clones gave him a lot of shit to say, look, and it was fucking I, bad. Look, I'm just gonna be blunt about this. I do not make any calls on him as an actor uh, based on that movie. Just as I. Because some actors need good direction to do well. And here's a perfect example. Natalie Portman has an Oscar. Directed by Aronofsky, she did an amazing performance. Her performances in those movies are not good. No, they're not. She has the talent, but she needs a good director who can coax it out of her. Now, some people, some actors have that natural talent and good or bad director... They're going to come in there and knock it out of the park. And Ewan McGregor is the perfect example of that in those films. But not every actor I also, is that way. I also like uh, citing Ian McDarmond as well as the Emperor. Because in all three of those, he is phenomenal yeah. to watch. Just, no, no, you will die. Yeah, and, and you know, t- if anyone who's really... Um, looked into the craft of acting, listened to interviews with a lot of actors, that kind of stuff. There are definitely different approaches to the craft. And you kind of, if you're a director who is not getting what you need from certain people, but are from others, you might want to learn from that and, you know, either bring on an assistant or have, you know, or make sure you are casting people who work to your ability. Exactly. And, you know, I honestly think that Robin Williams... He didn't. I don't think he really earned that Erasi. I th- I just think, uh, uh, I th- you know, I, I you know what I imagined him on, and I'll probably go into this more when we see it. But 
I imagine just Robin Williams, you know, being in uh, or like being like, I can can I do this? Like, can I be just really, really mean? <laughs> and Danny DeVito is just like, yeah, <laughs> like he's he's let loosing a beast that really should not have been let loose. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that, uh, but that's just because um, I think it's the logical place to go. And I just I I agree with um what i I don't know how how do i put this um i think if you're gonna have a character that's playing uh, a takeoff of a mr rogers or something like you can't half-ass it like you have to go hard because like he is the most iconic person of niceness out there you can't have like a kind of nice person if you're gonna parody that like you have to hard go with that and i think that was the right call to make well mm -hmm. It's tough because I'm, I really, I honestly am, because, you know, even though I grew up with the later Mr. Rogers, because, you know, I was born in 93, uh, and and only saw, like, the very late stuff that he did, but in my later years, and I look at some of the parodies that they've done, and I'm like, because I remember, I think it was, uh, the documentary that I watched of, uh, 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 won't you be my, uh, uh, won't you be my neighbor mm-hmm. which is a documentary about mr rogers life mr rogers actually loved when people parodied his stuff mm-hmm. but he really didn't like it when it messed with the philosophy and i totally understand that because looking at what he did today in retrospect is probably one of the most noble and beautiful things that a person could really do right for no, children's television. I completely understand, but follow me um, here. If you have to play a twisted evil version of him, you can't make him kind of nice. You have okay, okay. I see what you mean. So you really have you if you if you want to do the anti Mister Rogers, and because he's so nice and so wonderful, you have to make him as mean spirited and evil as possible. Okay, I see what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, it's like you can't half-ass that because then it's like it's it's disingenuous because you have to show that's like, oh no no, this man is pretending to be a Mister Rogers for the money, for the fame, for that stuff. He's actually a train wreck, and that's how you have to portray him. You know, I, I know this is a weird tangent because I know. <laughs> We're going all over the place, as we usually do. It's okay. It's a podcast. This is what we do. Um, but there is one thing that I've always... Not bringing this up, there is one thing that I've always, always been fascinated what would just happen. If you took in one corner... I feel like I'm, you know, hyping... It, in one corner of the room, in this corner, Fred Rogers. In the other corner, Fred Phelps. Oh gosh. Now I just want to see those two men in chairs talking philosophy. <laughs> I exactly. That's why I'm like I want to see what happens. I don't know what's going to happen, but whatever it is, I am beyond fascinated. Someone make that a movie. Or just like a parody thing. Like, it's a talk show, Fred Phelps, v. Fred Rogers, and it's 1991. Oof. That, that, that would be... That, that, yeah. <laughs> that would Oof. be 
fascinating <laughs> to watch. And you know what? I I just uh, it would give me so much hope hmm. to us as a species to see Mr. Rogers getting to Fred Phelps. <laughs> well, yes, but fantasies, woulda, shouldas, whatever. Let's uh why don't we actually dive into this train wreck of uh, yeah. a <laughs> I mean, yeah. th There's no mistake. It's a train wreck, but it's an intentional one. That's what makes it fun. It's like, what happens it's, when it's, you take the gloves off? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it is a train wreck, but it is a, it is a beautiful paint. It is like a beautiful painting of a train, a train wreck that was ha uh, hauling horse dung. <laughs> I, or no, rhino dung. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what this movie is. It is a beautiful painting of a train wreck carrying a lot of rhino shit. <laughs> so, that said, for those of you... Okay, so I actually looked it up. Uh, and Death to Smoochie, kind of a hard movie to find without paying for it. You know, you can find... Like, just with most movies, you can find it on Amazon Prime or Voodoo or... Google Play or YouTube. Obviously got to do a down thing. Uh, you can always pick up a Blu-ray copy, but uh, either way, however you choose to get it, the internet is a vast and vast place. That's all I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> we have the movie queued up, and we're ready to hit play. So when you're ready to hit play, let's do this, and we are going to get this bad boy started in three, two, one, click. Here we go. And already we've got the dumb music. Yep. <laughs> already, if, if if that music isn't a cue that you're in for a ride, I don't know what to tell you, man. Yeah, they, <laughs> they do not give you any chill. Like, they, they hit you over the head with this right from the start. Oh, yeah. And right away we've got Smoochie the, the Rhino. And, of course, you know, what a wonderful image to start on where he just... <laughs> They just shoot him in the face. Yep. <laughs> this uh, just, it, it, you know, can you imagine like a, um, uh, like a t very misguided parent taking your kid to see this movie? Right. Thinking like, oh, it's going to be like a Barney show. Like, wouldn't that be funny? And it starts off like that. And you're like, oh, God, chill, hide your children. And then Robin Williams shows up with this shit. And you're like, oh, maybe this will actually be okay. Maybe. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. And again, you know, like I said, you know, we, we like, we like to shit on Hayden Christensen for, you know, whenever, you know, I don't like sand. It's rough and coarse, but hey, he didn't, he, he, can we at least acknowledge that Robin Williams really acts his ass off in this? Oh yeah. But then again, I don't think I've ever seen Robin Williams phone it in. The man is always on. Yeah, it, it's, it's as a matter of fact, it's actually kind of hard to turn him off, you know? Yeah. And withhold him. Although, you know what I find really, really interesting? This was the same year One Hour Photo came out. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if you've ever seen, I've only seen bits and pieces of it, um, but he is amazingly restrained in that movie. And you know what? Now, okay, just, this just hit me now. He did this movie to counterbalance one-hour photo. 
He's like, look, one hour photo that was really that was really tough and it was really challenging, but it was I was I was holding too much in and I just had to let loose. So Danny DeVito called me in and let me like, hey, you want to be this horrible children's teacher? And he's like, and I'm like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Also, you know what else came out? It's so crazy. 2002 was a weird year for Robin Williams because you know what else he did in 2002? Insomnia with Christopher Nolan. Do you remember that? Wait, sorry, which one? Uh, Insomnia. Oh, yeah. Because, and that's another one where he's fucking great with uh, Christopher Nolan, man. So I get, I, I imagine he's like, I did these really, really dramatic roles. He's like, I just need to be let loose. <laughs> oh, you gotta really love the name Rainbow Randolph. I'm such a fan of alliter- alliteration. But I mean, come on, Patsy's Bar, like that kind of joke. I'm like, I love it. <laughs> He was made of Patsy <laughs> in Patsy's bar. Like, honestly, he probably should. Eaten like even an idiot should have seen that one coming. <laughs> oh, I forgot. That's right, John Stewart. Uh-huh. John fucking Stewart is in this man. God, how? What other? I'm trying to think. What other movies has he been in in recently? Because it's been a hot minute since I've seen... Because jo- I know he recently uh, directed a uh, uh, um, a movie. I, I'm trying to look up what it was because, uh, again, it's been a while. Um, yeah, he did a movie called Irresistible with uh, Steve Carell, Chris Cooper, Mackenzie Davis. Mm. Um, and it was kind of a political movie. Uh, but yeah, I'm trying to remember when he... Cause, I can't remember if, outside of like you know him being a cameo of himself. Uh, I think the only other place I've seen him in is uh, Jane Silent Bob Strike Back. In that yeah, weird I mean, cameo, he, he, yeah, he uh, he didn't do a whole lot of this kind of stuff uh, once you know later in his career. Well, yeah, as soon as like the uh, um, uh, uh, the Daily Show really uh, picked up, like that's that's when he's like. He, he, he that's when he just went full in and actually uh this was uh, around the time when uh john stewart was really starting to pick up with the, the daily show wasn't it because didn't that start in like 99 2000 uh yeah i think so actually sweet script is something else (laughs) i don't and you know what honestly i just like danny devito would be the one guy who would jump on this kind of shit you know (laughs) (laughs) idiot regular friday night gig at a methadone clinic like it's those kind of jokes where it's just like oh my god wow 
we are only about six minutes in, man, and it's already. <laughs> and she and is just going like, Jesus. to the methadone clinic. Like, <laughs> it's these in kind all of fairness, subtle jokes that people just don't pay attention to. In all fairness, though, I will say this: um, this scene where he's singing about getting off the smack is weirdly wholesome. Don't you find that weirdly wholesome? Yeah. <laughs> you off this smack, you get money right off your back. Get your life on track. Oh yes, we will. <laughs> and they're all they're all just checking nods. <laughs> yep. And you also and plus you can definitely see Danny DeVito kind of uh his directorial style coming through with the Dutch, the many, many Dutch angles <laughs> yeah. and the wide angle lens. That's the, that was weirdly, it don't, this Matilda was the one time where somehow that weird style of shooting really worked. <laughs> also, uh, when, when was Matilda? I forget, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I think it was 06. Was that? Okay. So this was after death to smoochie. Um, so if that, if that's the case, then, uh, hang on, let me, I'm just checking myself. So the, sorry, I, the delivery and some of this just gets me. <laughs> the man, Edward, Norton. it's crazy that Edward Norton would choose to do a movie like this after, especially after he just gained mega superstardom with you know winning the academy award for american history x and then doing fight club it's actually kind of amazing that he would just like yeah i, I can i can do this like i can go from i can go from neo-nazi to you know barney knockoff oh well oh i mean that, that's I he he's definitely been one of the more uh you know, it's like, hey, I've been nominated for many Oscars, but I'm going to do the weirdest stuff in the world. I, I I, actually really, really respect that a lot. Well, he's also notoriously difficult to work with, though, so... Well, honestly, it's just because he expects a lot of professionalism, you know? Because I hear even the people that he disagreed with are... Oh, God. Uh, he mixed that up himself, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, oh, I need a mm. uh, wash that bad taste out of my mouth. Because ah uh, no, stop it, stop. Ew, ew. That okay? Something tells me this had to have been one of his notes. He's like, look, I, for some reason, I just want. <laughs> Sorry, the 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 random outburst and delivery. Just the way in this movie, it, it makes it really hard to do a running commentary because you just break down. Well, it's like look at the. I mean, because really, it feels like the the hot dog, the soy hot dog, hat that feels like Edward Norton's note. You know, like it feels like it's something that he came up with the idea with, and they 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 ran with it like, yeah, let's. <laughs> 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 oh, 
You know, there's, you know, as I was un watching this unfold, do you know who I imagine Edward Norton really studied for these kitty shows? Hmm. He, I, I imagine he didn't watch a lot of Barney, but he watched a lot of Blue's Clues. Because the way Ooh, he... That, that's a the, load. <laughs> no, really, because I imagine it's it's not, I'm not trying to be weird about that or anything. I'm just saying even, yeah, I know it's fucked up February. You're supposed to be weird. <laughs> but... Just the way, you know, he holds himself and how, you know, overly nice he is. And especially with his choice of haircut, he makes me think of Steve from Blue's Clues. <laughs> I mean, you know? I, I can see it. Yeah, man. I, I, I imagine that's kind of what was going on there. I love this montage. <laughs> He's getting them, trying to get the rhino ears just right. <laughs> what is the... Right here, the Academy Award winner who played a neo-Nazi. No, nominee, <laughs> not winner. I don't think he actually... No, he I won. I don't think so. Did he? I'm pretty sure he won. I'm 99% sure he, he he won that award. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Oh wait, no, you're right. He he totally did. he was only nominated. Yeah, but either way, I mean, it's a great Academy Award. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I, I honestly, American History X is a fantastic movie. Um, hard to watch, but has such a wonderful message at the end. Even though it's a very bittersweet. Yeah. This movie is just, it's it's funny how we talk about how, you know, oh, American History X, very bittersweet movie, has noble cause from a horrible place. Right. It's weird how you can say the same thing about this movie, but in a totally different tone. Oh, yeah, this movie is bitter, is bitter and sweet, but for totally different reasons. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately, it doesn't have anything nice to say, <laughs> and or it, it doesn't have anything good to say from a bad place. It's just, it's just from a bad place for comedy, for the sake of comedy. I do love how he how he play, plays himself up for this shit, even <laughs> even. <laughs> I wonder what Robin Williams was basing <laughs> basing his performance off of this, because I imagine he's like thinking of all the pretentious assholes and studio execs mm -hmm. that he's gone through the years, and he's like, I'm just going to take a big caricature and just go nuts. Yep, it's like, I have met all the assholes in the industry, and here is my take. Um, uh, you know, and I... <laughs> And you know, look, we have we got to call this movie out. It is a bad movie. It really is. Is it entertaining though? Oh boy, it is. Cuz and cuz you can tell these the actors and especially Danny DeVito behind the camera, they must have been having the time of their lives. Look at look at how much they're hamming this up. I can actually feel, you know, John Stewart being uh, like uh infectiously uh uh hammed up here like he's so in, in inured by uh 
by Robin Williams. He's just starting to play it up himself. <laughs> Nothing. Just give me a few, man. Just, just give me a, just give me some a little bit of cash. God, and you know, you think you would think that this movie is moving a little too fast for like a you know, two kitty hosts versing, but it's amazing the battle because you would think, like, okay, so we are what 15 minutes in, you would have think like by the half hour mark in this 90 minute movie, he would have declared war, you know, but because they declare it early, they give you so much more time for more battles between these two right and it, it <laughs> I, I you wouldn't think that would work but well, i don't even know if it works oh my god the earnestness of this <laughs> i really hate to make this political but i'm sorry i am seeing the worst of the Democrats and the Republicans in these two men. The Democrat, <laughs> like the the really th oh, no, really gosh. really think about it. <laughs> just, <laughs> just the uh, the Democrats who want the best for everyone. You know, just all we have to share and all these things and have all these expectations, and but we're not going to bow down to your corporate masters. And then you have the Republicans that just want to fucking get money. <laughs> it's, God, that's that's so disturbing, <laughs> and also really funny. Ah. <laughs> uh. It's just like an entertainer who doesn't understand that entertainment is a money-making machine and not necessarily yeah, real. like idealism or art. Like you're working no, it for is... a major studio. They want money. They don't care about your integrity. Again, like Simpsons always has a great way to articulate a, like almost everything in the universe because they've been on for fucking ever. But yeah. you know, there's it's that great that great uh, moment with Krusty's like, hey, it's not art, it's business. Light cigarette with a with a hundred dollar bill. Yeah. <laughs> so, or, or and he's like, and of course, it's not just the money; it's also right. the ratings but like, too. God, Catherine Keener like, is so perfect. She is so perfect, like as this like executive per type person. She really knows how to play like mean bitches, doesn't she? <laughs> but. Uh, it, it's you know, it's not, it's not just, it's not, it's not just business either. It's also ratings, because you know, it's like, 
What? What's wrong? This show's critically acclaimed. Acclaim? Ugh. Look at these ratings. Look at the hell with acclaim. Look at these ratings. So. <laughs> <laughs> what the? <laughs> Some of these lines, I swear to God. Because I uh, look, I know that Danny DeVito did not write this script at all. Like it was uh, Adam Resnick, uh, who. He, who weird you know what he weirdly did before writing for for this he was writing for the late <laughs> he was writing for the late show with david letterman before this how strange is that <laughs> <laughs> and here and there's come. the man himself hey oh Oh man, I, you know. I, I, so, is there any Danny DeVito movie that he's directed that he doesn't appear in it? I'm trying to think. Not because I, I know can, he did Hoffa. I mean, I don't know. Not that I can think of off the top of my head, but I haven't seen everything he's done. Okay, because really, I just I I, I, I got to take a step back for a moment and be like, man, it, it is so courageous for these directors to stand in front of the camera as they direct themselves because i've tried that before as a filmmaker i could not do it i tried directing myself i couldn't do it and i was like look i will act in a movie so long as i trust my director i don't trust myself to do this kind of shit so because yeah, i'm always i listened to an interview recently of a woman who's directed herself in a tv show and it's just like She's literally having to call out her own missed performances on dailies to be redone. And I'm like, that's got to be hard. <laughs> yeah, no, for re it it has to be because I, you know, I look at people like Clint Eastwood and Orson Welles and uh, you know all these. It, it, Danny DeVito's another. I like how how do they get in front of the camera, direct themselves? Or another one. This one is like magic, actually. Mel Brooks. Yeah. Mel Brooks is notorious for whenever he's directing other actors, he's like, eh, try it this way, do another take, let's go one more time, eh, try this, this, that, and the other, and they do always a couple multiple takes. Anytime he is directing himself, he does it in almost one or two takes, and that's it. But then again, he goes, I haven't seen him disappoint me. Which is weird, because I would be the exact opposite way i would be like you know like uh, you know do a lot of rehearsal a lot of pre-takes yeah. and all that stuff and you know get it try to get it right in like a, a couple of takes but for me i can't see myself and i just have to keep doing it over and over and over again so how the how directors manage to act in their movies it, and not just like you know cameo roles i'm not talking like hitchcock or anything but the integral roles of the movie that's nuts. Yeah. It re I, I, I can't, I really uh, I don't know how they do it. Uh, oh, yeah, also uh, Sylvester Stallone is another great, another great example of that. <laughs> Damn. Like, guys, professionalism, tone it down. Like, this is a, yeah, 
It's true though. It's yeah, true. Well, I mean, look, I, I'm sure. I mean, what? Do you, how do you think Disney looks at people? Oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> I mean, there was that one, like a family how did guy. He get in, dude. He knows the ins and outs of that studio. Are you kidding me? That's. You know what? That's actually a good point. That that probably is his old. Wait, isn't that yeah, his old that's stage? That's his old stage. So he knows all the. Quick, the layout yeah. feels radically different. Well, yeah, because they had to rebuild the stage, but he knows like the how to get into onto that soundstage, the quick entrances, you know. His card probably hasn't expired yet to get in. <laughs> I will say this, really, like, no matter how you feel about this movie, you cannot deny. Can you imagine how much fun working on this movie would have been? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and plus, you know, like, say what you will about Danny DeVito's work or whatnot. Love it or hate it. He is a fantastic human being. I would love to hang out or uh, work out or hang out with him or work with him. Oh, like, yeah. That would be amazing. Dude, amazing. I mean, he, dude, he's the kind of guy that's just like, can I just buy you a drink, please? Yo, for real. Like, just... <laughs> And he's like, it's no, he'll be like, oh, no, thanks. That's fine. I'll pay and, for I mean, it myself. They're using I mean, this song. So strange. How many kids are going to get this 2001 reference for real? <laughs> I mean, I know that movie's rated G and everything, but no, really. How many kindergartners have seen 2001? <laughs> what? and of course the star child appears <laughs> the bat the, the crazy lighting on robin's face <laughs> oh my god Energy boost, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> this is actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie. Where he pulls out the cookie. Get the cookie! <laughs> and what I love is the way he plays off of it. <laughs> it's uh <laughs> That was actually a very clever playoff actually. And of course, he just bursts in. <laughs> it's a cock! <laughs> it's a cock and balls! <laughs> oh my god. 
foreskin. Oh my Dude. gosh. Oh my god. Dude, Robin Williams quips, man. Oh, he always Fucking does. great. <laughs> also, that poor his poor stuntman in this movie. You notice there's a lot of pratfalls and a lot of slapstick shit going on with his character. Yeah. You look at him and you're like, oh, that poor stuntman. <laughs> you know, I also feel like, you know, because like I said... <laughs> Edward Norton has always been like, you know, been kind of an art, a hard ass. But again, he just really, really wants perfectionism and professionalism when it comes to his stuff, which, you know, you kind of understand as an artist. But somehow I imagine he, this is the reason, like his attitude for professionalism, his character's, uh, you know, mm -hmm. push for professionalism is like 90 percent of the reason why he took this job. Yeah. Also, I uh, just just be like, hey man, you know what would be really funny? Like, I just got nominated for Academy Award for playing a skinhead. How funny would it be if I got to play in a dark comedy where I was basically Barney? Right? Like, how funny would that be? Also, I'm sorry, but that haircut on John Stewart is not doing him any favors. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> wow. You know, there's another thing about Jon Stewart that I will gladly get into the most friendly argument possible. I know he is a big time fan of, of New York pizza and his famous, famous downplays of Chicago pizza. As a former Chicagoan, I would love to get into the greatest argument with it, like a great shouting match with Jon Stewart over this because, <laughs> damn it, Chicago-style pizza is better. And I, I honestly would love to get into like a big fight with him and then just shake his hand and like take a picture with Dude, him. I'm about like, to fight you done. right now. Uh, uh, what? I love New York. Hold on. I love Chicago style. I literally have half a Giordano's in my fridge right now. Oh, but, Giordano's. Like, it's good. But, man, I'll, I'll if I have to, like, pick one to go, I'm, I'm going to – I want New York to stay. I'm sorry. If one Sean, has to terrible... go. <laughs> Sean, Sean, I have terrible news for you, but – you're fired from the show now. You're, you're fired. I, that's it. Hey like man, I'm just, I, I'm just gonna throw you. I'm gonna throw you out the door like Rando, Randolph the fucking Rainbow. Hey, I love, <laughs> Randolph all, I love all Rainbow. pizza, but if if you if I'm gun to my head, have to choose. They are. You're dead to me, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> this is see. Uh, I already. I it's, fuck. Fucked up. February has cost me two co-hosts now. First. Mark, where to I be made fair, this would be your choice, not mine. Fair, K, but I already lost. I think I kind of lost Mark after making him sit through Howard the Duck, and now 
I'm losing you over fucking Chicago pizza. Dude, I love it. I just, if you're making, again, gun to my oh, head. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Spinner, man. The, oh. I don't know how to feel about this character. Yeah. I really don't. Imagine what would have happened had Henry Rollins got the part because he auditioned for it. (laughs) I heard about that. That was funny as hell. I mean, and you know what? I imagine that's why he didn't get the role is because he's like, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I can do this. (laughs) (coughs) Oh God. (coughs) That, that, uh this performance is <coughs> oh pardon that literally that literally made me my spit go down the wrong the wrong pipe <laughs> really gotta love the uh the all the uh uncomfortable lighting in the movie right on the middle of the everyone's just you know some dude is just like biting into their steak and just being like goodbye (laughs) oh man these look at all this over the top mob shit with the shadows and the the, the lighting <laughs> you know i don't know what possessed danny devito to just go this over the top um i don't know that this is necessarily that over the top because there's always been people looking to you know get their hands uh get, have their hands out get get their fingers dirty to get that money. <clears throat> Although I find it really weird that they took all that time to get that beautiful glory shot, uh, you know, the of hiding Harvey uh, Firstine's face, and then only to reveal it in <laughs> like a casual, in a casual way in the very next shot. You know, is that weird to you? <laughs> Sorry, again, I the oh, flow I know, gets interrupted by the hilarity of the dialogue. It does. It's fu- <laughs> It's fucking crazy, man. you know you know remember when i said that he's the representative of the republican party right now now that has aged that statement has aged beautifully (laughs) right now i got thrown out of the corporate penthouse i gotta pay taxes i I got threats against my life (laughs) i can't take this Uh, it's just like shit if that ain't if that ain't right man what a what a great (laughs) lens to watch this movie through 
I love it. Smooch is the face of evil, and it goes to this happy smiling. Oh, Times Square. Having your face out on Times Square like that, man. Although, you know, I grew up in the 90s, and, you know, we had all those great, you know, the, the classic kitty shows that we make memes out of, like, nowadays. Fucking Blue's Clues, Barney, Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, Teletubbies, all that shit. Were they ever, like, that big headline news shit? Were they ever, like, top news? I don't know. Uh, by the time, mo- like, so, for me, I- I'm older than you, so it was, like, Mr. Rogers and Sesame Street. So by the time I outgrew that, uh, I wasn't paying attention to, to news stuff. Like, if I would have seen yeah. a headline about kid stuff, I would have ignored it. I, I guess we'll have to ask our, you know, 40 and over <laughs> viewers out there. Be like, were kids' shows really that making that big of headlines? Or is it just what we call here at the show just just random movie bullshit? <laughs> that is only exists to further the plot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I'm having a bet. I would not be surprised if it was simply that just movie bullshit yeah but i mean movie bullshit's fun bullshit yes especially when it's wrapped in you know a a very sweaty rhino costume well i i just i love the the dynamics here because it's like you have all these people who are genuinely this is what's so interesting about this movie they're genuinely being themselves yeah (laughs) <laughs> say it he almost went say there <laughs> you know what he should have I think he utilized the, that same philosophy when he was in Incredible Hulk <laughs> also don't you really love it when you have very deliberate kinds of swearing in movies where it's it's not just gratuitous or anything, but it's used precisely. One of my favorite instances of movie swearing in my life was in uh, um, Fargo, where, you know, it's like where uh, um, William H. Macy's character is trying to sell, sell a car to this couple mm-hmm. And, you know, they're the very, the very nice, you know, Minnesota kind of people that are just a very good, you know, God-fearing people, you know, who like that. Uh, and he pisses off the, the, uh, the, guy, the, uh, the husband so much that he goes, you lied to me. You lied to me. You're a fucking liar. <laughs> and he has to, bl- he pauses and he has to blink heavily a lot before he says fucking right (laughs) i love that kind of character driven kind of swearing where you use it for precision and it gets a that that moment gets a huge laugh for me every time oh yeah i mean that it's a special kind of delivery and yes Yeah, we got a we got a part for you. Yeah, no problem. Please don't break my arm. <laughs> <laughs> See, 
what I find so funny though, this threat of violence instantly makes him compromise. Yeah, for real. <laughs> you know, I imagine there wasn't like they had a script there for that day for that shot to for Robin William to do. And, you know, Robin Williams and uh, Danny DeVito just kind of looked at each other, like, throws the script into the thing and just, like, just go. Turn on the camera. Just go. And they just, boom, nailed it. Done. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, yes, Smoochie on Ice. Oh, dude, to be to be to be powerful and loud in your message and to not cash in on it. Well, it is it's hilarious. Like, he's just so naive. Mm hmm. And we uh, we totally understand that, but we're like, dude, for real, be pragmatic. Again, Democratic Party is like, we need shit done. Hey, we understand your ideals here, but dude, be pragmatic about this. And I'm and I'm not talking about you know you know just the like Democratic people, the Democratic Party as it is now. Just like you know the really overly liberal oh the, the overly liberal you know headaches that just you know you want to just grind your face in that that mike judge was really good at impersonating and making fun of yeah it's like there's <laughs> there's certain hills you you don't die on yeah oh boy <laughs> 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 uh. <laughs> 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 oh shit she wants to fuck that dude something silly <laughs> <laughs> I actually I actually really do love the fact that they go full on kitty show host fetish. Right. They're just like, well Hey Harvey. This is actually really wonderful casting on Danny DeVito's part. <sighs> I'm not gonna okay so Sean for real I want to just like have a little heart to heart while these two are negotiating would you actually pay money to see Edward Norton 
do a Smoochie the Rhino ice show. Duh. Possibly. In a heartbeat. <laughs> look, I, I, look, would, I totally would pay, pay money, money to see Edward Norton do just about anything. I think he's ridiculously entertaining. <laughs> and it's even more entertaining when he loses his shit and gets mad. So it's just like, yes. it's like if it goes good, great. If it goes bad, even better. So, you know, uh, this also bring that also, also brings up another really great question. Yes. Can we ahead. talk about the fact that the last time I've seen this actor was also in a Robin Williams movie playing the gay brother of Robin Williams character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and now he's a mobbed up corrupt children's charity runner. Like it's ridiculous. Oh my lord. <laughs> so I gotta ask this because this brings up another great thing because you mentioned oh, how wait, entertaining he is just a second, though, when he gets really pissed line, off. Though, what world am I yes. living in? The real one, you naive dumbass. Yes, for real. Um, but uh, I'm just uh, I'm actually curious because you mentioned that he gets really entertaining when he gets angry, and you're right. It works in this movie, and it works in the Hulk. And it works in, in American History X. But I got to because because, you know, he gets angry in this one and another one I'm about to mention. But is the, is he better in where do you think he's uh, more entertaining? Not necessarily better, but more entertaining this or Birdman. I can't pick because the characters are so completely different and I love them both. That's fair. That is very fair because um, I, I love them in both, to be honest, like. And because it's such a uh, real, because obviously this is the lesser parody of entertainment and whatnot. Um, Birdman is just a lot more poetic about uh, how it portrays the fractured psyche of entertainment and art. Yeah. And, and commercialism and all that. Uh, so, but uh, in terms of just Edward Norton being Edward Norton. Yeah. They're both kind of on the same radar for me. Weirdly enough. You wouldn't think that I would compare Death to Smoochie to Birdman, but <laughs> here we are. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Ricketts. <laughs> oh, you had to take an anger management and... Okay, are you sure... So, are you sure, like... This isn't just Edward Norton walking in well, right, <laughs> like but, for this. This is like, oh, the, the, this, this is Edward Norton being like, I'm going to try and like spin up the absolute best parts of myself and ignore everything else. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful strategy. Although, you know, it's really another little bit of trivia that I read about. The, uh, the rhino picture in the background. Yeah, Edward Norton straight up kept that, and he still has that today. Yeah. Which, I, which I'm like, respect, sir. Like, he's going to keep a piece of memorabilia from one of the worst movies that he was involved in. <laughs> or at least arguably so. I don't, I don't, wouldn't call this bad. It's just a movie. I, it's, a, it's such, you have to be the in the right, you have to have the right kind of, mindset and humor to appreciate this and that's exactly why we're doing it for fucked up february <laughs> am i right 
Because shit, this gets fucked up. We haven't even gotten to the most fucked up part. We are what? We are 46, 46, uh, 13, 14, 15. So about 46 minutes in, about uh, with about an hour to go, and we still haven't gotten to the best part. And right now we're getting this because you know what I'm talking uh-huh. about because it's being set up right now. And for those of you who've been who knew this movie, yeah, you're in for a ride. And of course, you know Robin Williams is just riffing with his famous voice work. Oh yeah. <laughs> she oh my god <laughs> I also love how no one recognizes him with the beard <laughs> you would think that he would just like already know who Randolph was <laughs> look at these weird close-ups dude like are we trying to see his his pores now it's actually kind of like disturbing how close these shots are and how how ugly it feels (laughs) i know it's deliberate but Like this. It's this shot that I'm like. (laughs) And what's even more uh, distracting is to get both of them in focus. They clearly had to do two separate shots. Oh, oh, yeah. And and you can see. It shows so horribly. But it's also it also does create a mood for that kind of uh, that kind of off putting this. But really. Right here, that should be like okay. If you've got a gig, if you've got a gig, and this is where the, the driver's dropping you off, and you still don't recognize him, right? Like what the hell, man? Like right there, he should have recognized him through the glasses and the mustache. Like he might as well, like right before he exited the uh, the shot there, he might as well have just ripped off his mustache. You know? Yeah. yeah. It's but- so obvious this this shit got friends got you friends friends we'll need friends oh get us through <laughs> if i had a dollar every friend <laughs> no one's singing along where are the children where are the children sean where are the children are there any children in the show what kind of friends is he talking about <laughs> <laughs> worse he's got his hand up he's got his hand up to reveal the nazi party <laughs> <laughs> did you notice that how he like he's like holding his hand up to, sh- to get the face away oh god the swastika <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Shit's fired! 
He's like, oh man, I just tried to get out of this shit in American History X. Now I'm being Brock Bat in. Internally, Edward Norton's having that moment of like Godfather in Godfather Three with Michael Corleone. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. That is still one of the funny reveals of the movie. You just do not see that shit coming. Oh, yeah. The first time I saw this, I died right there. Oh, I know. That's honestly really because that is roughly the halfway point of the movie. Um, and we're like, wow. <laughs> I, I love the uh, I also love the. Uh, reflection in his glasses to make him more intimidating but uh yeah man that's the point of the movie where it's either hooked you or you've you're just out right and but this dance at is... the same time like if that may, if you've been in this whole time and that took you to go out <laughs> like oh there it is this this is the one shot that they cut out for the release because in the background that's the twin tower yeah yeah that's that's awful. And again, which I can see why this movie has a new cult thing coming up. Oh, I love this shot coming up where he does the flower with the dance. And it's dumb. I know it's dumb. It's stupid. <laughs> but that shit gets me a laugh. It <laughs> gets a laugh out of me. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I can see why this movie got a cult following in, in later years because you know, like when this is, you know, f released just a few months after 9-11, no one wants to see a dark and mean, this movie's really mean uh, movie about two kid shows, uh, two kitty people, um, especially, you know, like, like, if you, did you ever watch Mr. Rogers uh, um, address to the nation about 9-11 and grief? Yes, actually. It's it's wonderful. And I know that must have come out, like, right before this. So you can imagine, of course, we were not in the mood for that movie right when it came out. If um, if this came out right beforehand, I bet... Uh, uh, if this came out a year before, you know, March 2001, I guarantee you this would have gotten much better. Uh, oh, for sure. For sure. Because even now, it's like... <laughs> people, uh, like, I, I could have imagined if it came out a year earlier... You know, this movie would have been like, it, it would have been mixed with people. Like some people, like, eh, not for me, and some people, like, no, this is actually really kind of funny. Right. It, the 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 whole tone of the attitude of the nation changed. <laughs> oh god, it's so bad, so fucking bad. <laughs> also, can we talk about the music choices in this movie? <laughs> They go really out there, don't they? Oh, no. He's eating fast food. Yep, and the oh, methadone for... clinic has been shut down. And he takes another bite out of the fucking burger, the Whopper. Fuck. Now, see, that's when you know they, they, um, they've reached rock bottom. When, when a vegan ha has reached rock bottom, they will just eat a Whopper with absolute apathy. <laughs> Okay, this comes out of nowhere, doesn't it? 
just random homeless person gives him inspiration to go back out. Yeah. You know, there's actually a really fun fan theory going out there. Mm-hmm. That was actually Ricketts. Hmm. Yeah, this guy, Ricketts. Uh, that was actually him. That's and he's a fun now homeless. Theory, yeah, yeah. Like he he's a he's now homeless, bitter, <laughs> and he's like, I just wish I could have done. What the fuck? What is with that close up? Step away, Jesus Christ! Christ, look, and this is coming from someone who loves those Terry Gilliam close-ups, the wide-angle close-ups. Even Terry Gilliam is telling you to tone it down, Danny DeVito. (laughs) He. God, I. <laughs> His assumption is comically awful. Right. <laughs> it does. You know, I uh, look. I know. I just came to this realization that he's kind of the Republican Party, but it's not helping the fact that he's in a red sweater. He's uh, he feels like he's acting like every rejected Republican right now. Oh, oh, Lord, no. Oh, uh, you were the one who. You just gave yourself away. Man, dude. I cannot... I'm sorry. I cannot unsee that lens now. I'm just seeing the worst of the Republican Party in Robin Williams' character of Rainbow... Rainbow Randolph Republican! That shit go... That shit tracks! What the hell? Fuck! I can't unsee that. That's... It's awful and hilarious. (laughs) I want to be on TV again. (laughs) That That... Okay, someone was being a little coy with the camera angles here. (laughs) Mob is here to fuck your shit up. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't skimp on the voices, man. I love it, actually. Oh, I love you, how they photo. The moment ow, you realize ow. brownstones are not comfortable. <laughs> nope. Ow. <laughs> oh yeah, he's got the hammer. 
Man, it's crazy how back and forth this shit goes. Because literally about ten minutes ago, he, you know, they were taking down Smoochie shit. Right. And now it's just going back and forth, back and forth, and you're just like, damn, this movie moves fast. Because you would have thought that this was like the third act already. No, we're only halfway through. <laughs> Who the fuck said that? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh, who had an egg? Who had an egg? <laughs> You're a lawyer that summoned and someone touched my ass. You can't do better than that. Oh, man. This, it's so strange. I know I'm getting hung up on this analogy, but man, this movie is a perfect storm of what the Republicans versus the Democrats have been do going through over the last couple of years. Right. It's, it's crazy weird. I'm not liking this analogy. No, and yet but... I cannot look. I cannot look away from it. It's that moment in Clerks Two where you know Rosario Dawson walks in on the dude sucking off the donkey. I'm repulsed and disgusted, and yet I can't look away. That is huge. <laughs> Fuck! I can't get away from it, Sean! I just tried to walk away from it. Look what... He is caked in an American flag! I cannot get away from this fucking analogy! I want off this ride! Please help! Send help! This is not a show anymore! I'm being held here against my will! I'm losing it! I'm losing... This movie's starting to affect me, Sean, I think. <laughs> am, I, am I going too over the top? I feel like I'm going too over the top now. <laughs> like, at some point, though, when you're watching this movie, you just you're just like, man, I don't know how to feel about these midget actors. Because, like, they're put through... Like, you just know the shit they're having to go through to keep working. And you're just like, oh, God. You know, it's times like that when I see, you know, like in... Or another great example. I mean, obviously, movies like Bad Santa subvert that and whatnot. Uh, like, they get a little person to play the the bitter, angry little person can who can only get the little person jobs. Right. Um... Oh shit! Did but I use all... did I use the wrong terminology a minute ago? Uh, midget, yeah. Oh, kinda. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Honestly, yeah. I I mean, some people are okay with it. Some prefer dwarves. Some no, I, like no, I, I should it, be but... I should be better about yeah. that. That that's yeah. my mistake. It's 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 cool. I'm sure people because really because remember, like it comes down to your heart. Is like you know. I think uh, Pat Oswalt had a great bit about this. He's like, you know, there's the person who's like, I am, uh, you know, a cis heteronormative person, and I believe and I have respect others who have like uh, d uh, different lifestyles, gay, pan, 
and by and omni and all these things but i also believe that you know heteronormative is the way to go because it is the, the best way to propagate the species and then you got the other guy who goes uh, if a bunch of dykes or fags want to get together and fuck like who cares like that's that's their problem not yours asshole like I don't care if he if he's like if that guy's like I got a I was born with a penis but now I want a vagina like that's how it is like he's not a hurry he, it what I don't care but it doesn't affect you asshole so shut the fuck up second guy's the better guy <laughs> so I obviously yes we want to use correct terms and all for respect and that sort of thing but there's just because it moves and and there's so much of the vocabulary that moves especially in the last 10 years it's because we because i think we both can say that we are very pro-gay pro-transgender progressive all those things all those things and all the representation black lives matter all that shit yes we're with it but we cannot keep. We cannot always keep up with all the terminologies and nouns yeah, and, and pronouns. You know, it's exhausting. But, but you know, at the same time, this right here. What the it, fuck? It's like, hey, I realize, like, oh shit, I messed up. I'm sorry. Like, I need to do better. And that's and that's, that's where you're. Thing. We're you gotta like, own up when you fuck up. Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I I I mistake once mistook a friend. She, uh, or they recently uh, came, originally it was a she, now they're just choosing to be binary, and I accidentally said she, and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, go, but, and I'm like, oh my god, I'll, I'll, and I corrected myself immediately, and when you do that, that's when you show that you're trying. Yeah. Because you know that these people are actively persecuted, so when you see, when you know that they're trying, they're like, it's okay, it's cool, man. Yeah, it's like, it's like, look, I fuck, like, people are people, you're gonna fuck up, try and do better. Yes yes boy what a great tangent that was let's get back to the movie yeah <laughs> and Danny DeVito reappearing yes again uh, once again because again I don't know how these guys do it man like not because look I'll cameo in a movie if I'm directing I'll gladly do a quick cameo like just quick insert one shot boom bam done but if I'm an actual supporting role or worse, the lead role, I I can't trust myself. Right. I can't, I'm like, 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 I need to hire someone else to tell me what the fuck to do when I'm on screen. Because when Isn't I am that what directing, the I for? sort of the assistant. <laughs> most people are like, oh, assistant director. Like, you know, well, assistant director is usually in charge of second unit. Uh, which means, you know, I'm aware. (laughs) Well, for those of you listening, like it's for, uh, you know, when you have several units going, shooting multiple elements of film to get the movie done quicker, usually the assistant director will be in the actual director's chair for that specific unit. But otherwise a, an assistant director, their job is literally to keep the, the, their job is in charge of logistics for directing. Because if you've ever directed a movie, you have to coordinate, you have to schedule, you have to set up this, you have to set up that. You have to do a lot of shit by yourself, and the assistant director is there to take that uh, that ed, uh, that element of the workload off of your brain and just lo- focus on the uh, uh, logistical shit so the director can actually work on the artistic part of it. Yeah. You know? So that's what all that's about. 
It's wonderful. We have not only do we talk about the the movie that we're watching, we also give a lot of great film education here on this show. <laughs> we go all over the place, so. Oh yeah. <laughs> Save the rhino. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm sorry but can you imagine how if uh how much uh, horrible horrible but equally hilarious gay jokes you could make yes i do rainbow randolph exactly what i was just saying save the rainbow (laughs) save the rainbow oh my god a fucking a fucking maniac beating this man on the streets just screaming save the rainbow save the rainbow save the rainbow oh my god the horrible amount of gay jokes one could make with this it's it's awful it's disturbing and it's also hilarious (laughs) Also, the, uh, what is with this shooting style? What is with this? With the e- extreme close... Dude, are you trying to film your pores? Uh, why are the, why are these... Why is this so close? Can you explain, Sean? Because I'm at a loss for words here for this kind of... The way they shoot this is... Well, I, I th- I'm at a loss. <laughs> I think the purpose of it is to show that, like... Their eyes are saying the truth where their words are having to be genteel. I guess, but because it's so close and because it's so strange to begin with, I just, I I just like you, you feel, it feels like they're just being weird for the sake of being weird. Oh God, what is this? <laughs> what he's going to be a buddhist terrorist i was about to say i was about to say i like is he gonna actually do self-immolation also i really find uh, what i find really funny is no one is trying to stop him they're just watching only only in new york city would that ever be a thing also let's be realistic the fumes coming off of that gasoline would have ignited so fast he'd already be a fireball yeah he would be And immediately loses interest. You got to really love that, 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 you know, again, I would be a little bit more critical of that, of the crowd here. Because, you know, guy tries to set himself on fire in the middle of Times Square. Just watches and see, like, I wonder where this is going to go. And as some kitty show co-host comes out, they all flock to him like it's the fucking Beatles. Right. But you know what? Only in a city like New York could that ever happen. That couldn't happen in L.A. 
That couldn't happen in Chicago. Couldn't happen in Boston or Miami or wherever. Sean, we don't call this fucked up February for nothing. <laughs> Am I right? It's moments like these you're like, oh, this is why this movie's on this list. Nine one one. <laughs> Unless you're overseas. Yeah. Boy, that'd be really awkward if this was airing in Europe. <laughs> And you would think he would, as big as they are treating him out to be, you would think that he would be an international sensation. (laughs) 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 He totally freezes. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> oh, this is so bad. I honestly don't know if I can make fun of this guy. I really don't know. You know, like when you watch this movie, you're just like there is no way in hell Henry Rollins could have played that role. No, like, he, no. He, although he's too but, intense. But damn, would I have paid money to see him do this role? <laughs> like, look, yeah, you're right. He probably would not have been able to do it. But it would have been fascinating yes. to watch him try. <laughs> And it would have been really interesting to was, have him do his uh, but it was, his spoken word in that costume. Yeah. Can you imagine? Dude, can you imagine Henry Rollins in that costume? No. Doing just, just his spoken right word? There. We could just say no. I can't imagine him in that costume, <laughs> let alone anything else that follows. In all fairness, though, if if Edward Norton didn't do this, like, it just... like Let's just throw someone else into this role. Like, uh, oh, I don't know... Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, like let's he put was Jim Carrey up for in it. Yeah, that I did here, um, but let's just put him in his place. Can we actually imagine Edward Norton being in this costume if he wasn't? No, nobody at this point in time in his career, nobody would have been like, "Hey, let's get him." Yeah, exactly. Let's get the Which, skinhead, hold on, but that crazy shows dude. The brilliance of Danny DeVito. Yes, to know yes. that, like, oh, this will work. That's why I'm like, God, now I really want to see the version in the alternate timeline where Henry Rollins was in that suit. <laughs> I want to just, just really, can you imagine him like in between takes practicing his spoken word in that costume? 
That would have been an amazing visual. <laughs> Taking this, off oh, the God. giant suit. <laughs> oh, God. This is so bad. This is probably like the one part of the movie like, okay. <laughs> He's like, I want to fuck Smoochie. <laughs> oh, Lord. Smoochie is about... And she's about to smooch smoochy. Smooch smoochy. <laughs> and here comes the real big mistake of the movie. Yep. Where we were at the very beginning where we just saw <laughs> this Rhino Barney character being beaten to death and shot. Damn, cold-blooded. This scene makes you wonder how absorbent that suit is and whether or not there's a blood trail. Probably. You know what? He's firing with a Colt at point blank range. I imagine that bullet would have gone in and out. Uh, it kind of depends on the, uh, the caliber of that gun. Good point. Cause that's right. Uh, cause I remember I, I learned this only very fairly recently that, uh, you know, uh uh Vincent Vincent's uh uh Colt 45 or or M1911 in Pulp Fiction that was actually chambered in 9mm. Well, that's just it. With with uh the thickness of the suit, if it's a 9mm, I don't think it's coming out. If it's a 45, no. it is. Yeah. So <laughs> guess it really depends, but then again, you know, knowing the mafia, they probably want to go with a lower caliber, so pro they probably did use 9mm. I don't know, whatever. But either way, he's fucking dead. Also, love how they bury him in the jacket with the with the bell, with the bell, with the bell and the boxing gloves, which is really fucking funny. <laughs> <laughs> they won't do the ball thing; it's against procedure. <laughs> Uh, actually, I don't know. Like, let me tell you about some of these the the, the shit that these cops recently are pulling. <laughs> so, yeah, man, we <sighs> live in a fucked up, crazy world. Yeah, also, you know, I would Sean... like to point out the fact just yes, just, uh, most comedies run around ninety minutes. Like this was running like hour forty five, closer to two hours. Like. Most comedies right now are about to wrap up. This one's like, oh no, you like no, you, no, no. you haven't been there yet. <laughs> we we just barely got out of the second act. It's like we're leading into it. <laughs> Although I part of me kind of wishes that this was you know just a snappier, punchier ninety minute cut because <laughs> there are a lot of scenes in this that just take up a lot of filler. I mean, yes, but. Part of those scenes are to focus on the indictment of the entertainment industry. Like that yeah, happens a yeah. lot more early on, and if you take that away, there's there's a a necessity of this movie that I think is lost. Mm -hmm. I'm also just thinking about like you know moments where he's stopped by that homeless person for an inspiration, things like that. Just. Just really tiny little things that could have been trimmed and cut down on. Yeah, there, but... I know there is a punchier 90-minute version of this in here somewhere. 
and I'm pretty sure it was written to be such. But, you know, obviously, as I said, these people are obviously having the time of their lives making this. So <laughs> their charm kind of worked its way back into the running time. <laughs> God, look at the ugly neon green. Ugh. And I, I just realized they're being coy with the uh, the green because, you know, right. Irish. Yep. Um, and I'm like, come on. <laughs> oh, Lord. You just did what? Okay. <laughs> okay. Whoopsie. TMI. Oh, Lord. It's really weird to see Jon Stewart with that haircut. I know. It's not working for me. Which is sucks because I, you know, despite the fact that I, I, like I said, I would love to get into a fight with him over Chicago-style pizza. But I still have, am a huge fan of his work, man. He's, he's funny as hell. Oh, yeah. And super cool in real life. And you know he really wants to look out for the best in this country, too. Like, did you see his uh, his beautifully passionate speech to Congress about 9-11 uh, um, victims? Wait, what? You see, did you see that? Like, uh, he about he was getting on Congress' ass because... Oh, yes, yes, paying, sorry. Yeah. I, I, yes. Uh... But yeah, specifically because of the people who work to save lives during 9-11 and they weren't being taken care of. I mean, yeah. dude, yeah. like, his integrity is is unimpeachable. It's amazing. Yeah, for real. He's, he's fucking awesome. <laughs> it, it's, like, honestly, like, him and... Um, Steve Buscemi and uh, the guy who was the voice for Batman and animated stuff. I can't remember his name. Oh, Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy. Those men have like, either volunteered for 9-11 or have fought for the, for the respect of the individuals who did and respect for all of them. Yeah, dude. For real, Kevin Conroy is way up in the, uh, the people that I want to meet later on in, the, in my life because... He was Batman for me for the longest of time. And I hear he's just like the super nicest dude in real life, too. One of these days, one of these days. I want to meet him and Mark Hamill. And if possible, at the same time. That would, <laughs> my, head, my nerd head would explode. <laughs> fuchsia is a word you don't hear often enough no no you don't robin williams has just the most beautiful vocabulary that he uses to make the most eloquently vulgar statements 
I love it. <laughs> oh, man. We miss this guy. Don't you just like there are times where you're watching Robin Williams and you just laugh your ass off. And then you stop and you just have a nice sigh of relief. And you go, man, I miss that guy. You know? Oh, where have I seen this guy? I know I've seen this actor before. And I'm Oh, okay. Do you you remember he was uh uh one of the uh, the freak shows in uh Batman Returns? Yeah. I mean, but he's like he's uh, the dude. He, he's been a bit character in a lot of stuff. Yeah, cuz now he's the dude who has the, uh, the 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 Gatling gun yeah. that he shoots at the opening of the movie and he's he's like we don't want you. We want Shrek. Like that. Now I remember where I've seen this guy. I hear he's like a, a really fun character actor. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> okay robin williams you're you need to sit down you're having too much fun now <laughs> and i also gotta love the fact that uh he is still actively wearing his rainbow jacket which i'm not gonna lie that that rainbow jacket is kind of fly. Oh, like, dude, I, I, I rock it in a heartbeat. <laughs> For real, dude. You walk into the right bar with that thing, you will be you will be the envy of the entire crowd. Depends how you carry yourself, but very possible. That's also very true. That's also very true. If you carry yourself well with that jacket. Oh, you walk into the right bar. Oh, my God. You will be the envy of the entire crowd. You know, hopefully at a time when we can go back to bars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. As always, this movie will derail any sense of of flow. <laughs> For real. Hey, man, she's just got a kick for children's show host, man. Let her be. Don't kick shit. She does. Oh, my God. Can you imagine? Okay, so th this guy, because of this show, they he was awarded this giant corporate apartment, right? <laughs> if she's if she's in the same, like, money tier as he is, I bet you that she can afford a sex dungeon, and she has all the old costumes oh, in there oh, <laughs> just oh. imagine she just like hires dudes on the side like where wear this and i'm just gonna give you the time of your life like oh yeah and, uh, and <laughs> oh god that's a dangerous thing <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
<laughs> I, you know, Robin Williams, I think that's another reason why uh, Robin Williams got a Razzie nomination. Because he is so mean in this movie. Oh, yeah. He is really mean. And, you know, at a time when we needed a good laugh and, you know, a good clean laugh, he gave us a really dirty, ugly, mean-spirited laugh. And it's just something that we were just so not feeling for. Now, holy shit, it's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But see, this is this is the like he can just seamlessly go from his like, hey, I'm ad libbing this a little bit, I'm doing my improv shit, to back to the role of the character, and it's seamless. It flows. Yeah. It works. You don't ever miss it. You can't. I honestly, you know, it's that's one of the things that Robin Williams is so fucking good at. Yeah, is that you know you have a lot of actors that are really famous for their improv, like Jack Nicholson, or uh, you know, I'm tr trying to think off the top of my head. Um, but Robin Williams is one of those people that can totally improv off, like go way off script, mm -hmm. and you can never tell the difference. Yeah. You can never. That's the that's the real key of improv. Is yeah, you you have to be based in the truth of the script. Yeah, but you and you can go wildly off page. But if you if you lose the truth of the script, you're not there anymore, and you lose that seamlessness. That's the real trick to to doing improv for <laughs> acting. He's, he's so nice and so naive, and that is such a horrible downfall. Because <laughs> you can still see the the uh, the gears turning in Robin Williams' head, <laughs> like way in the back of his mind. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> oh shit I, I cleaned up half the poppies in Asia oh my god good lord or like soy dogs with gluten free buns even the fucking cassette concessions is super patronizing and it's so fucking funny Who wants a salt <laughs> pretzel? I ask you. Um, real, just really a, a really really annoying vegetarian <laughs> or vegan people. That's who. Because look, we because I have several vegetarian and vegan friends. I, I and I do do respect that. That's fine. But it's the ones that try to shove it down your throat are the ones that are like. Okay, shut the fuck up and sit down. <laughs> oh my god, the riffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh 
Oh my gosh. Uh, did I mention we're in fucked up February, Sean? Like, <laughs> as I said, it's like there are these lines. There's like the writing in this. At some moments, is just like, how do you not love this? Yeah, for real. And like I said, it's it's so strange to me because, uh, like I said, the screenplay was by uh, Adam Resnick. And uh, but you know there was a fair bit of punching up done, improv done. Come on. Oh, of course there was. Um, but either way, the base premise is still here, and I know for a sh for a fact that a lot of his lines are still in here, the, the especially the ones that are like, we both are like that's fucking hilarious and great. <laughs> like that's definitely uh, Adam Resnick because I just find it really strange that he the thing that he is most known for was writing for the late show with david letterman hey you never know where the talent's gonna come from exactly um ratatouille is very wise on this a great artist not everyone can be a great artist but a great artist can come from anywhere and apparently those artists can make weird fucked up shit like this. <laughs> Look at those rhinos in the background with the fucking anime masks. This is a horror show. Uh this is th this is the really the most twisted version of Eyes Wide Shut I've ever seen. <laughs> oh my god. Hey, check it out. Meryl Streep. <laughs> like actually that would be hilarious if Meryl Streep got in on the if if uh you know so this movie is about to it, this movie is going to be uh in one year from when we air this roughly about a year later this will have gotten its 20th anniversary so I submit to you that we should get a hashtag going demanding. And I, I it, it, we can just have it televised. Like, there doesn't have to be a crowd because of COVID. I, I understand that. But let's have Edward Norton return to do a smoochy ice show. Oh, God, please. For, please. The 20th, for the 20th anniversary. Can we make that? Or, hell, you know what? If we really are if we really want people to go sell tickets for this sort of thing, we'll wait for the 25th anniversary. <laughs> Pretty sure things will be you know be a little bit better by 2026 so 2026 25th anniversary we'll have a smoochy ice show for real <laughs> the only the only the only sad part is you know robin william won't be there to you know comically sabotage the show yeah that's the that's the only reason why i can see why they wouldn't want to do it because you gotta have Rainbow Randolph just fuck up his shit. You know shit. what? This is the coming out moment. Give us What's Zelda. Up? Give us Zelda. <gasps> Zelda Williams, you're totally She's amazing on social right. media. That's her coming out moment right there. Dude. Fuck yes. <laughs> Do that. <laughs> oh my what? god. <laughs> what? Why? What, you know what? Actually, let's keep all this horrible, horrible <laughs> bullshit in the actual show. Can we and have now that? kung fu? What? Why? Why? Why not? You know, like the the big finale of the show should be someone just taking off their skate and just slitting fucking throats. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, it's all staged and shit. Like. It, it, <laughs> 
<laughs> but how fucking great would that be? Like, th- this is the moment this movie fully goes <laughs> off the rails. But it's, yep. by this point, you're so invested. You're just like, fuck it, I'm going to roll with it. <laughs> Look at this Blade Runner bullshit with the neon lights and the the dead body. I'm actually expecting him to, like, you know, kneel over that body and be like, I've seen things you people <laughs> wouldn't believe. Attack ships on fire from the shoulder of Orion. All those moments will be lost in time like tears in rain. <laughs> Blade Runner meets Death to Smoochie. That would be a great mashup. There's so much great comedy to be made out of this. <laughs> <laughs> the neon lighting. This guy really has a fascination with classical music, doesn't he? <laughs> oh my god. So, what is this Amadeus horseshit here? <laughs> how, how is this entertainment for kids, am I right? Why? Why? Why would you put... Dude, there is smoke out there. Why would you put a laser? Right? You are just giving away your position. Well, he is high on heroin. Also, let's be honest. Remember, this is for the sake of dumb movie bullshit. Right. That's that's really what it comes down to. Because, look, right there. She saw the laser. Right there. Dude. Also, dude, you gotta lay off them drugs because you gotta keep a steady fucking trigger figure with that. Because you see how he's really shaking? Like, dude. Easy. Whoa! Oh, no, no, no. He's fine. <laughs> the horn. <laughs> the horn. <laughs> Oh my god. I gotta kill the rhino! (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, those fucking masks on the the little rhinos is terrifying nightmare fuel. I mean, those scenes where it was lit, where the entire ice rink was bathed in red light, like... Dude, that is some nightmare fuel. That would be a great haunted house, actually. <laughs> For real, dude. Like, you. <laughs> I never. What? No. You did not just do that. I never saw Venice. Well, at least that'll preserve the body, am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Man, my whole life right there. The motto of my life, right there. I forgot to gauge. <laughs> He's got a fucking gun. He just had a gun stashed away in that costume. Yep, which shows how the, the demoralization and decay has happened to him. Yeah, and plus, if you don't, I, I forgot to point this out, but 
as the show was as people were starting to uh pour into the audience you could see police officers standing guard around the like what the hell what is this movie sean <laughs> this is some fucked up shit And of course, it's just got to end with a big chase and a mano a mano in, in a darkly lit corridor that's totally not a film set. Is that a film set, Sean? I don't <laughs> think th that looks like a location to me. It's totally a set, you guys. It's 100% a set. <laughs> like, like behind the, 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 the window there is just a random light blinking to represent the police cars and nothing else you'll probably have like the craft service table right <laughs> next to it <laughs> kill him this will teach you to be a perfectionist when you work under my movie <laughs> it sounds dirty. <laughs> oh, hi. Thank you. Okay, now, I just might be fucking crazy, but this came out in 2002, right? Yes. This set feels like it was recycled into the scene with uh, in Spider-Man, the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Where he accidentally kills Uncle Ben's killer. Look uh, at the backdrop. Look at the set. Could be. Like, that, uh, this honestly looks like the set. It, it, this was recycled from Spider-Man. I can kind of see that shit. <laughs> Don't do it. If you pull that trigger, you're not just like them. Come on. Don't cross the line. <laughs> That's show business, dude. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> <We'll be laughs> Boy, you gotta love how... <laughs> How honorable she is. Oh, they're going to pop a cap in your head. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Pam Ferris is delightful. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's New York, dude. dude you, come on, dude. You performed at a meth rehab. You should know this by now. Uh, the film's running time would like to say otherwise. Right. <laughs> Although I really got to give it to him to have s not one but several scenes in uh 
times set in Times Square. Like it's not easy to shoot in Times Square. No. As Birdman will teach you. That editing is so strange to me. <laughs> <laughs> and now they become friends. And it ends right there with... Okay, th this is... Uh, so, when I first watched this, because uh, my fiance Katie, she, uh, she pitched it to me. Like, I had never heard of this movie before, and she's like, oh my god, this is hilarious. This is one of my favorite things from high school that I watched. Um, and she showed me, like, Robin Williams, Edward Norton, Danny DeVito. Like, and it's two kitty people, just like, dark comedy. Like, okay, I want to watch this fucked up shit. Because as you know, this is why we do fucked up I love fucked up weird shit like this. Okay, I'm, so, I'm going to have to break this back, though, right now to something we touched on in the beginning. Okay. 2002. I'm actually, like, that's a very special year for me because I was obsessed with Robin Williams live on Broadway. Mm -hmm. His Broadway stand-up was amazing. But now think about this. That same year, as you talked about, One Hour Photo, Insomnia, and Death to Smoochie. What a crazy year. You're on Broadway yeah. doing stand-up. You have this um, weirdo, fucked up comedy coming out, and two of your most lauded serious roles ever. Wow. Well, remember he also. Well, remember he also had the help of cocaine. Uh, I don't. He had to have been. Uh, you never know. I mean, during, I know he sobered up around like mid two thousands. he but, was off and on stuff a lot, so it's hard to yeah. pinpoint. Good point. It was a crazy thing. time. But uh, it was, but it was when the credits rolled when I actually got a little angry at this movie, because I had, because like I said, I had a fun time watching it the first time with my fiance. She gave, she like, she pitched me this. It delivered. I loved it. But then the credits started rolling with the Comic Sans font, and I legitimately <laughs> got angry. But yeah, graphic designers. This is two thousand two. I think this is like. Before the hard, hard hatred of Comic Sans came around. <laughs> I just, because she's a graphic designer, I have graphic design training, and both of us are like, fucking Comic Sans. It's it, the bane of every graphic designer out there ever. So when they started playing the credits with that, I'm like, why, Danny DeVito? You just made me hate you now. Because <laughs> I had a, I had a weirdly good time watching this. Not just for that first time, but also for this one. Do you have a good time? I always have a good time with this movie. This movie is just... <laughs> it, it ticks the right boxes for me. I like messed up stuff. I love Robin Williams. I think Edward Norton is a phenomenal actor who's just a little too picky. Um, yeah. you know, you get the, and you just get the right mix of stuff and it's, it's so fun. It's so fun. <laughs> it so is dude. Oh my God. I, I had a, a real blast watching this. Not just again, not just the first time, but also, you know, watching it again here. Cause I, I love 
crazy, dumb, insanely weird shit. I just love it when it gets weird. Uh, in fiction. In real life, that's another story. It's weird enough out there. I want off the weird ride for my reality. Okay, to but be in fair, my fiction, I definitely like when reality gets weird. However, I like when reality gets weird in the narrow, not in the broad. And by that, I mean, no, I don't want the world governments and the whole world to get weird. I want my weird individual experiences to get weird. If everything yeah, gets real. weird, there's nothing to anchor you away from the weird, and that makes it hard. Dude, fuck, dude, you right here and then, holy shit, you just articulated exactly what I've been feeling that I've not been able to put into words. I hate the amount of weird stuff going on because there's too fucking much of it, and because everything is weird, there is no sense of normal to feel... To, exactly. To, you have to have enjoy that contrast the weird. to enjoy it. Yes. Fuck. It's like the normal stuff is like, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, shit. You can breathe that wow. sigh of relief. It's like, oh, okay. Like, I just went through the weird insanity. Now I'm back to the normal for a bit. It's like, I, you need that contrast to truly appreciate the the glory of yeah. the weird and when you don't have that you're just like oh weird weird's a hell of a drug sean man <laughs> like dude yeah be careful hell of a drug you know for some people it never got weird because look it's 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 really fun when you know shit like and this is true the uh the then acting attorney general of the united states was embezzled in plots of bigfoot Time travel and extra masculine toilets. Embroiled, not embezzled. Embroiled is the word you're looking embroiled, for. Embroiled, yes, that's that's right. Thank you. My vocabulary is not the strongest, especially after going through a weird slog like this month. <laughs> um, so, but yes, it. I, honestly, I don't think it's ever going to get any weirder than that. Than that, but that that title, acting attorney general of the United States and. Uh, embroiled with time travel, Bigfoot, and extra masculine toilets. I don't think it's ever going to get any weirder than that for our reality. And you know what? I'm kind of hoping it doesn't because I, I honestly, I've seen some weird headlines in the news. I've seen Nazi, uh, Nazi furry rallies. I've seen, you know, uh, God, I can't even, there's, there's too much of it. I can't even name it off the top of my head. But, yeah, the the world has gone weird, and it makes it almost more difficult to appreciate the weird gems like this because it's like, well, everything else has gone so weird that you approach this stuff and you're like, this was weird. Yeah, like after after uh, you know Rudy Giuliani, the former mayor of New York, now president's number one, you know Trump's number one dude. Goes up to held a pe press conference about not res um, uh, uh, committing to the 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 vote in between a crematorium and a porn shop. Well, they booked the wrong location and they had to roll with it. Well, I know, but I just like I can't look. 
If I were look, okay. So you remember that moment oh, in X Men? Are you expressing any level of surprise that people associated with the Trump administration were not no, doing? No, 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 no. Hold on, we're not doing their due diligence because that's kind of the motif of the entire administration. No, my 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 point is is like I could tell people that, but if I ever got the uh, or if I ever got the uh, the ability like in X Men: Days of Future Past, like I send my consciousness back, you know, fifteen twenty years into my younger body and tell people that is how the presidency of Donald Trump ends. They would, uh, I would be like, look, that's how it ends. And they would look at me in utter shock. And I would be like, dude, I literally could not make this up. If I told jokes okay. for a to, billion years, to be fair, they would look at you in utter shock just because of the words, the presidency of Donald Trump. Exactly. My point that's the point i could write jokes for a million years and i could go back tell my my you know go send my consciousness back to 15 years ago and tell everyone that hap that that's how it ends and i will have to literally look them in the eye and do their shocked agape faces <laughs> and go i literally could not make this up if i tried that's how weird this yeah. shit gets yeah. And I, I really want off that ride. Well, it's okay because we're going to get off. The problem is that then they will ask you. They will pointedly ask you, how did it start? Well. <laughs> and I will judge Let's... anyone who doesn't say, well, there was this gorilla. Yeah, exactly. That's right. There was this one gorilla, and it just got weirder from there. <laughs> so. Well, thankfully, oh, thankfully, Sean, we're finally, finally getting out of the weird. And we are moving into a new month uh, for March. And it's great that we I was li I, literally just before we went on to the show. I was like, this is the perfect segue from fucked up February into what now we are going to be unveiling as Mob March. <laughs> All mob movies. Because it's great, because there's like a kind of mafia thing going on in this thing. And it's we've not got kinda. like. There's a lot of mafia stuff going yeah, on. Yeah, there in is. This movie. There's a lot of mafia stuff. And greatly enough, even better, it's the Irish mob in this movie. And for the next movie, we are going into the Irish mob in probably one of the best mob movies ever made. I know it's one of your personal favorites. Oh, yeah. You want to just reveal it to everyone? We are going to dive into The Departed and get ready for a wild ride because I think we've got plenty of stories and insight and history for this one. So strap oh, in, folks. We're going to Yes. It. It's going to be awesome, dude. Get bra Grab your Dropkick Murphys album, throw it in there, and let's fucking do this. So... Yeah, we'll be, we'll be here uh, next week. Uh, obviously, uh, obviously, you know, you can always catch us uh, if you're if you're uh, wanting to share with your friends. We're on YouTube. We're on Anchor Podcast. We're on Spotify, Castbox, Google. We all over the place, bitches. We're like herpes, man. We're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that said, uh, I've been Tim. I've been Sean. <laughs> And this has been another episode of Never Watch Alone, where you'll never have to watch a movie alone again. Peace.